we ever see a ceramic Apple Watch again? Like the white ceramic? Oh, oh I would love to. I love to. that. Yeah, I, I would love wearing love, that. I would love to see ceramic. John's the only other person I ever saw in the real world rocking that. Him and I would always say, hey, we got, we got our ceramic on. Right. Like, that's why uh-huh. we have this podcast, actually, because of those ceramic watches. <laughs> the podcast is just here until the ceramic watches come back. That's, that's what this whole thing has been about. <laughs> right. Then we, can, then we can end it. So, <laughs> so but, but we're getting Apple Watch Pro. Mr. Ceramic is what they called him in high school. Right. <laughs> ceramic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. I believe I'm still John Renninger. I hope so. For now. John. Andrew. We're back, number one. We're back. It's been, it's, it's been a minute. It's, it's been, been a, a second. We've been very busy. We've both been extremely busy with all sorts of other content that we're making. Yeah. This time of year is a little nuts. But yes, exactly. This time of year is both a little nuts and also very important to have discussions about what's going on in the industry that we work in. Would you agree? And we, I agree. And we had to come back with a bang. That's correct. It was mandatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In order to have the proper conversation about the things that happen during this time of year, we had to go out. We had to look far and wide. Well, we had to turn everybody down. We're sorry. You can't That's come true. on. You don't meet our high threshold of standards. That's why we've been gone for so long. We were waiting until we could find the one person, the one who could fill the guest spots in a way such that to properly inform our listeners. It's true. So should we introduce Tim Cook now or do we going to do it? <laughs> no, no, we actually we actually had to turn Tim down at the last second because we found someone even better. Ah, it was a bad morning. Bad morning. Bad morning. It would be Mr. John Prosser. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello, everybody. It's so good to be back. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry I had to turn everyone down for me. Yes. Listen. I'm, g- I'm not going to say that you're going to be disappointed with your choice, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll find out in the next hour. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. John, it's been a slow week for you, right? Nothing exciting? Nothing new happening? No, nothing that I've seen. I don't know if you guys have checked the internet lately. It's kind of, there's kind of nothing going on right now. Mm-hmm. As always, as it rolls into September, yeah. things quiet down. End of August, early September is generally the slow tech season. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're a fan of, you know, Apple. Samsung. Oh, the the fruit company. Yeah, Apple, Samsung, yeah. Uh, really anything there. Haven't seen anything from them lately. No, not much. All right, we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. We have so much. Uh, let's start. Let's start with some quick <laughs> stuff. Some quick stuff. John, you are Mister Foldable. You love foldables. That's my my nickname in high school, Mister Foldable. <laughs> Mister Foldable. That <laughs> 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 so was known in the girls' locker room, Mister Foldable. <laughs> John Rettinger. Now, did you get your hands yet on the new uh, Z Fold 4 and Z Flip 4? Oh, I've got both hands on them. I am flipping. I am folding. I got a hard time being like unbiased with stuff like that. It's like it's such a such new tech. The newness of it is still wonderful to me. Right. The utility is still the utility that it was last year. But still the newness of a screen that I can fold in half is still wonderful and amazing. Did you just ask Mr. Foldable if he had the new foldables? Well, I was just checking. Like, not if he had them, but if he used them, if he had, like, any strong opinions yet. Because it's still, it's still early. They're not even, like, out yet officially. So mm-hmm. I was just curious if he'd formed opinions yet. It's Mr. Foldable. You know that. Right. So, I mean, I, I would kind of agree. So I, like, I liked the foldables this year, but it feels like some people wouldn't like this. I actually like when they take a year and they just refine stuff. I feel like everything is pretty much the same, just kind of tightened up and improved Five to ten percent in every area across the board, which to me just means you just have a better piece of hardware. So, but other than that, there's not much change visually. It's just the visually. devices are made better. They're more durable. They're more longer lasting, in my opinion. Also, like me, but I, I, I think <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, these are evolu- evolutionary changes. I think on revolutionary devices, and I don't think you can hold foldables to the same like upgrade cycle as like normal rectangles. Mm-hmm. You know, the technology doesn't move as fast because this is all new technology. But I think when the changes happen, they're pretty drastic. So every year, new foldable. I'm excited and I'm always here for it. Are we still expecting or hoping that Apple does something like this in the future? Or do we think they're going to skip this altogether? I mean, you're asking the wrong guy, man. That's the other guy in the podcast. No, you it's, think it's, they're going to do it's this. happening. Yeah. Is it going to be foldy like the flip or foldy like the fold? 
There's both. Give me an iPad fold. Yeah, right now it's it's more towards the the fold aspect, like where it opens up and is actually bigger. That's to me is better. Give me an iPad that folds into an iPhone. That might be exactly what we get. Like this foldable device, because there's different prototypes, but we might not end up actually getting the phone. We might just get a foldable iPad and call it a day. Mm. Will it be two screens close together or will it be an actual folding device? No, there are actual like folding prototypes. Yeah. Still 23, 24? 2024 likely. Yeah. So crazy. I mean, that's all right. But here's my thing, though. Like, so this is an active development. It's not like they're considering or close to canceling it. But what I'm worried about is by 2024, Mm -hmm. will the market have changed so much that they will just forget about it? Like, Samsung is will have been doing it for so long. So many other OEMs have been doing it for so long. Will Apple just be like, you know what? Never mind. Because by then... Right. And usually I'm okay with Apple waiting on stuff because they do it right. But this yeah. is one of those things where unless they have something that is clicking with them that just no one else has figured out yet, I can't figure out why or how Apple could wait till 2024 and release a foldable that could compete with somebody like Samsung, who's put four of them out now. I mean, they can just buy the panels from Samsung. They could, but then, I mean, what? then it's the same thing, you know? What would make it Apple-y? The OS, for sure. That's that's what yeah, sets everything like, apart. The OS. Even, like, Apple's displays are designed by Apple. Uh, they're yes. obviously not manufactured by Apple, but, like, to, for them to just be like, you know what? We're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna buy them outright from Samsung, not do anything different, and just like I don't know that doesn't make that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, same same thing with the phones, right? Tweak to color science, develop how the displays actually work, but buy the actual technology from a third party. Yeah, or absolutely no crease would be helpful. Mm. That would be nice. Yeah, I would assume Apple would show. So the thing with Samsung, I feel like Samsung is the company that throws all the features and specs into their into their high end flagship products. We're just going to throw all this stuff at you and just you it use it however you want to. Right. Yeah. And so when it comes to what makes the folding experience unique. And I know Android is a, a part of this, too. So it's like, what does Android allow for and what can Samsung kind of put on uh-huh. top of it? But I don't know that the folding experience when you start going into multiple apps feels elegant when I'm using the fold. Like you can do it. You can have an app up here and then two apps down here and all that, but it never to me looks good when I'm doing that. It still feels best to just have one thing at a time going on. I wonder if it's more like that, like refining, here's what makes a folding device besides the fact that you can fold it and make it more compact when using it a better experience that I still have not found. I'm going to go out on a limb here yes, and say that if Apple delivers an Apple version of the Galaxy Fold, crease, screen size, dimension, same thing that Android, exact same thing. And, you can, and you can mark this down, you will find a reason to love it. You will tell us <laughs> it is revolution. You'll tell us it is revolutionary. You will tell us, I can't believe that they've done this so well. Look at this. I have iMessage. I can open this screen, <laughs> open it up, and iMessage is is right there. It's absolutely incredible. Look at this. iMessage. It's here on both unbelievable, revolutionary Apple has done it again. Just got a text message from Mr. Foldable. <laughs> it's yeah. <all> good. <laughs> you know, I'll be, I'll be slumming it with my, my, my Android Foldable. But come on, Drew, you're holding Samsung to a different standard that I know you would not hold Apple to. We talk about the 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 app thing. I would say the same thing. Just like, actually, I don't even I don't even think that Apple's stage manager is all that great. It's bad. I I turned it off. It's not good. It's the big new feature. And it's like, that's the thing. When I saw that, I was wondering, Okay, is stage manager one of the ways that they're going to I try to look to the future like. If they're doing a foldable, how does this fit into that? Is stage manager leading into their way of making multiple app usage on a foldable more elegant? And I look at it and I'm like, this is terrible. This doesn't feel good. So I'll definitely Mm -hmm. call out stuff that I think is dumb. Stage manager ain't it. No. Well, to Andrew's point, what I would say is I feel like the way they do multitasking like that and allow you to open multiple apps. Mm -hmm. 
I would argue that it wasn't good even on the non-foldable phones before we started folding phones. Like, right. that's something that they yeah. never figured out. So if, I don't think it's a fair. side effect of the foldable. I think Samsung just sucks. I think that it's like... Or is it an Android thing? And that's the thing. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what I think. I think that the apps just don't scale properly. And it just... It's really not under Samsung's control for the most part. Unless... I, I mean, I don't know how they could, like, fork a lot of that stuff to work separately or differently when you scale them. Uh, specifically on a Samsung device, but thinking back, I don't think they've ever figured that out, foldable or not. Yeah, I think that's fair. That'd be, would that be fair, John? All right. Yeah, All right. I think that's very fair. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to one other quick one. MacBook Air. We didn't get to talk about that one on the show yet. It was released. It's true. Maybe, probably a month nah, ago. Nah, that's too old now. No, it's just, it's just, a, qu- just a quick uh, thing, though. You ruined it, Andrew. No, it's gone. gone. Did, have you tried it? Have you tried one processor? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. What are your thoughts on this new MacBook Air? I think it's great. I think it's the Mac of the year. For most people, not for me, but I think for most people, that's the Mac of the year. It's hard to argue with that. There's one thing I was thinking about that just kind of dawned on me when I was using it. And it's more about the Apple's M-series chips than about the, the computer itself. But prior to Apple Silicon, there was like the, you know, the Intel i3, the i5, i7, i9, you know, across the yeah. Mac lineup and, and on a PC too. Basically, the lowest end in a lineup you would get would be the slowest computer, but in, in pretty much any measure, whether you're doing something as simple as web browsing and email, or whether you're trying to do video editing, at, at which point, if you have an entry level, you're just at a crawl. Yeah. Now, at least so far with the M series chips, no matter what computer you buy, whether you start with the lowest end air, or you go to the highest end Mac studio currently with the M one ultra, if you're just doing typical tasks, they are equally as fast as each other. It's only when you start doing more demanding things that the higher end, you know, the higher you go in the lineup, do you see the performance gains. If you're just doing normal stuff, the cheapest computer Apple sells and the most expensive computer Apple sells are identical in performance, which we've never seen before. That's nuts. We've never seen that in the history of computing. It feels like cheating. Like, and it <laughs> happens so fast, you know, like we went from... The shift from Intel to Apple Silicon happened so fast, and they were so spot on with it. Like, usually, I mean, maybe not with Apple, but first-gen products are a little wonky. This was, like, instantly great, and apps were instantly, like, working. And I I think a lot of what I use, like, the Adobe Suite was in beta for a while. But (laughs) even if it doesn't have beta next to it, the Adobe Suite is always in beta, technically. (laughs) That stuff sucks. Yeah, But (laughs) I think that... It's just crazy. It feels overpowered almost. Like it feels like cheating. And it's crazy that you can buy a MacBook Air and have that. So, like that is more speed than you will need for years for most people. Obviously, I can't. I, I'm on a Mac Studio. I love my Mac Studio. I was holding out for an iMac Pro. But now, like even if they did give us an iMac Pro, I'd probably still stick with this Mac Studio. And it's crazy that even for the the quote-unquote lowest end product that is overpowered for most people and they aren't even really trying yet yeah it is absurd i'm wondering people complained i don't know if complain is the right word but uh remarked at least for several years that the iphone chip is too powerful why is apple even putting all this power in there they don't need it the iphone doesn't even use it all right and then we eventually saw well they're putting all that power in there Sometimes for specific features, like I'm sure when you're using the continuity camera and it's doing the top down view and it's like making it look normal, that probably takes a lot of computing power. Witchcraft, yeah. Even though most people aren't ever going to use that feature. But we also saw while they were preparing to put these chips into computers and make these computers. I mean, when I thought of an iPhone chip in a computer, I was thinking it's going to be so slow. Like, why would they do that? And it was complete opposite. Yeah. I'm wondering now what's next. What are they preparing for? Not just the Mac Pro, but like what is the future of this line when we get to M3, M4? What are we going to see in the future that we can't even, ma- even imagine right now? I mean, half of this stuff we couldn't imagine. Like that's the crazy thing. The stuff they're putting out right now so early on in this transition, I wouldn't have imagined before. That's what's crazy. And I don't think any other company could have really done this because it takes – the scale that Apple has, because it's not just them creating Apple Silicon. All the developers have to be on board too. 
And luckily, with a platform like macOS, you know, the transition for everyone else happened fast, too. Your apps, the developers, they developed quickly for this to switch everything over. And it's just, it feels like a cheat code. And they're being overly generous, too. <laughs> like, they stuffed that M1 chip in so many things. They, they, they put it in the iPad Pro, they put it in the iPad Air. Like, they aren't even messing around with it, which is crazy, because usually, they're, you know, they'd want to upsell you. And they still do that. But to just watch them put the M1 chip, just start slapping it in everything, is like, what is the overarching goal for this? Because it's not like Apple to be this generous this early on. I feel like something fishy's going on. I'm wondering about the headset. They're going to drop something big on us. Remember, that, like, the rumor is the headset that they're working on will also be rocking an M-series chip. Now, the MetaQuest 2, which is a couple years old now. I have it sitting right over there. Right? Which just went up in price by $100, by the way, which is crazy. That chip can't even touch the M1. And mm-hmm. the MetaQuest 2 is like one of the coolest experiences you can have, right? At least in my opinion. You put that on, it, it, it's incredible. It's so hard to describe it to someone who hasn't tried it. You, it's hard to describe the feeling of being in That's one of those VR. things where I feel like a complete idiot. Like I I joked about VR for so long or I used to think that, oh, if I get in there because I get motion sick very easy. I'm like, if I try that thing, I will be sick in 30 seconds. I got one. I actually, I got one the day they put the price up. So, give me. And I knew the price was going up. I was just like, eh, I'll remember it the day before. Didn't remember the day before. (laughs) So, got it. And honestly, like, I was completely wrong about VR, and which is something rare for me to say. There's so many paths forward with that, with AR and VR. That is most certainly the future. It's not the right now, unfortunately, but. That you're right. The Quest 2 is such a cool experience. The fact that it's standalone is what makes it, I think. Obviously, you don't have to use it standalone, but the fact that it is more convenient than other headsets is what makes that device. And I think that convenience and utility is something that Apple is really good at. So that is something that if they can give us a similar standalone experience, but with the M1 chip in it and 8K displays, then uh, yes. What the heck? What is that even going to be? Like, I can't even imagine the power of the M1 as opposed to the power of a mobile chip. Well, you've seen that the engineers have called it indistinguishable from reality. I have not. I have not. I have not seen this. That is something they've said. Yeah. Take that for what, what? you will. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means, but I can't imagine VR where it's like, I mean, there's some good stuff on the quest, but it's obviously, you know, you're, you're not in the real world. Right, right, right. You're in a cartoon. And Currently, I like that about VR. I I like that we're skipping the uncanny valley part of things. I like that we're just like, that we aren't trying to be ultra realistic. That helps with the experience, I think. That helps make it not weird at first. I feel like if we have, we get that AR VR headset from Apple, and there's a lot of like, quote unquote, real life experiences, that's going to freak us out. John, how do you feel about this? I feel like if I remember correctly, you weren't a big fan of VR. I am not on the VR train. I think I just haven't seen a compelling use case for me yet. I know for games, it's fun and that kind of thing. I just haven't seen a reason to strap a headset on my face yet and do it. And I do think if if Apple tries to do a hybrid VR AR, that may be a compelling reason to try it. I think for like medical professionals and training, it's awesome. And certainly like the future that I just haven't seen personally much of a reason for me to strap something on my face. Do you expect though that... Will it be similar to tablets where Windows was doing tablets for years? No one was really getting on board. Apple reduce, releases a tablet and all of a sudden tablets are mainstream. Do you think if Apple drops a headset, including with the rumored price, was it $2,000 or $3,000? It's $2,000 or $3,000. They're only making a couple million of them. Does that make it mainstream when it goes live? Or do you think even Apple has an uphill stream to climb? I'm going to say what I guarantee you everybody is thinking. And I'm going to be very direct about it when it comes to VR. I think what's going to make VR successful and mainstream is not necessarily going to be price. Obviously, lower the better. Uh, But I really think it's going to be the same thing that has established dominance for other formats over the years. And it's going to be the adult industry. Like I'm (laughs) saying it. It's true. You want people to go buy stuff and drop money for a lot of stuff? Figure that out. And I really think if, if if that industry catches up to VR, then this Apple thing is going to sell by the millions. 
If it doesn't, it's going to be really fun to <laughs> for see maps. For $3,000 and... for that, that's why people are buying it. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> the thing that makes the Quest so popular is the price, I think. Well, two things. Standalone and price. And it's good enough. It's not great, but it's good enough for what you're getting. I think for a lot of people, especially for this market to shift... The price has to be compelling enough to get them to try it. People that know they like VR or just have the money or just will spend anything on an Apple product, any new product, they will happily pay the $2,000 to $3,000 price point. But for people to be convinced to try it, that price cannot be $3,000 is a lot to ask for someone to try something. It is a lot of money. Absolutely. So this first gen... That's what's so confusing. Like, I don't know exactly what their pitch for this product is. I need Tim Cook to come on stage and tell me why we need to care. I I know why I care, but to ask the regular Apple customer to pay $3,000 to put this thing on your head. You want Tim to do it or Craig? Uh, Craig. Craig would be better. (laughs) Can I lay out a scenario for how I think this could succeed? Yes. And I'll take my joke off the table there. Could you imagine putting this on, sitting down at a desk, either real or virtual, looking down and seeing a virtual keyboard, looking up and seeing a monitor and having a mouse and being able to essentially virtualize a desktop computer experience and then virtualize a tablet experience, handle all of your editing via cloud computing, either, you know, maybe it it does it um, something like Xbox Game Pass where it's in the cloud or maybe there's enough horsepower actually from the device itself ultimately to do things like that, being able to take FaceTime calls all with the strap to your head, it potentially eliminates some use cases for other devices that Apple sells. That's a really novel use case. Whether people want to work with the headset strapped to their head, I don't know. But I could imagine the virtual sort of workplace or the virtual fun area uh, be a very compelling reason to want to try this. Obviously, the price can be a hurdle. Right. John, have you tried Horizon Work Horizon Workrooms, I think it's called? Workrooms, yeah. Have not. Okay. So the first thing you described about putting a headset on and seeing in front of you a keyboard or your laptop or whatever, they actually have that in there. I tried it and I was shocked. You sit down and you see your MacBook Pro, whatever computer you use, you see it in front yeah, of you. And you, can, and you can sit down with multiple people. Yeah. And you're seeing your computer and the person that's you know across the country from you puts their headset on and now they're right next to you. They can look at your screen. You can like it. That's cool. It's insane how good that works well that's what like this stuff it's almost like i really wish that i would have gotten into vr sooner like when covid was at its peak because that's when it really unlocks a lot of things like being able to be with people in vr is one of the coolest experiences especially if the world prevents you from doing that normally now obviously restrictions are lifting and stuff is going back to normal but it's used or just long distance stuff. Like it's it's crazy to be in VR here where I live in Arkansas and hang out with people that I used to in Ohio. That's nuts. And it genuinely feels not quite physical, but it feels close enough. It feels completely different than just like a voice chat or something. I agree. I agree. Looking forward to seeing this next big thing from Apple once they're ready for it. But speaking of next big thing. Yes. Invites went out today. Far out. Yes. Two sets of invitations. We're inviting you to watch our stream. We're inviting you to come here. So in-person Apple events is back inside Steve Jobs Theater. So it sounds like it's going to be the typical event that they used to do before the pandemic started. So I'll be in Cupertino. Look at you. Check things out. And the first big thing. Hey, by the way. What's that like? John dropped an amazing video talking about his blacklisting from Apple. We talked about it on the show a long time ago, mm, I think mm-hmm, over a yes. year ago. But for the sake of time, unless we talk about it later in the show, I'm just going to say, go to his channel. What's, what's the name of the video? I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's called, like, I got a blacklist from Apple, like my Apple story. You need to look at this video and watch it. It is very interesting and kind of eye-opening as, as to the behind the scenes of what we do, how he got blacklisted. I'm still hoping that gets changed because I feel like, that was a different era that's bygone. Not after that video, probably. Well, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> would be, would be my guess. The, the representative who I had that interaction with, from what I understand, has now left the company, is actually with a very large competitor. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Well, let, let's talk about this Apple event. It's going to be on September 7th. Yes. The event 
AR experience, as they put with every event now, is a series. It almost looks like you're looking through that that new telescope that they put into space a couple months ago, where you're just seeing a bunch of galaxies and stars all aligning into an Apple logo. We have John Prosser here. Yes. The person to talk to when it comes to these kinds of the things. Man. So let's just get into it. The main thing that we're all expecting and know is going to happen is there's going to be a new iPhone, the iPhone 14, the iPhone 14 Pro. What are we expecting to see? What is going to make us want to buy these? <laughs> That's a tough question. So we have there's four there's four new models as there are every year. There's no iPhone mini this year. That's gone. Mm-hmm. So instead we have an iPhone 14, an iPhone 14, but bigger than that. So like, Max. I guess an iPhone 14 Max, iPhone 14 Pro, and then an iPhone 14 Pro Max. Yes. That iPhone 14 Max is going to sell like crazy because it's we're finally getting that giant form factor at a lower cost for more people. But those are going to look very iPhone 13-y. They're going to have the same notch. In fact, they're going to have the same chip also. Only the Pro models are getting the new chip this year, iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max. The Pro and Pro Max are also getting, I guess, a slight redesign to the front panel. There's no more notch there. I'm sure people have seen the whole pill cutout thing on the front. The Pro models are getting that. The Pro models are getting a new 48 megapixel rear-facing sensor, main sensor on the back. We're also getting a 1.9 aperture on the front-facing camera for the first time with autofocus. So autofocus for the first first. time on the front-facing camera. Good deal. And that's kind of it. Also look for satellite connectivity with an SOS mode, which is where these invites probably come into play, which is why you're seeing space stuff. Because I don't know if all the models will get it, but the pro models are likely to have a a satellite connectivity where if you're in a dead zone or you don't have service, your your iPhone, and it's kind of, if you have the beta for iOS 16, you kind of see it sometimes where it usually tells you what your service is or how many bars you have. It'll just show you SOS. So if you don't have service, your phone will display SOS mode. So your iPhone could effectively connect to satellites to go ahead and send emergency messages, emergency stuff like that. I have many follow-up questions for you. Go ahead. The first about the processors. Is this a new sort of paradigm thing for Apple? The non-pros will be a generation behind, or is this just a, just a supply chain thing for, for this year? This is supposed to continue. So from, from now on, the pro models will get the new chip, and the regular models won't. Which, I mean, if we're being honest, regular consumers buying those phones, they don't know or care what chip is in their phone. And we just talked about how ridiculous the chips are, you know, as it is. It's not like you're going to notice that it's slower or whatever, but I think that... I have a little prediction about that. Just a little one. Go ahead. And I may may be off base here. I think the 14 will get a new chip because the current 13s have two different chips. So you can take the 14 and give it the 13 Pro chip instead of the 13 chip. You know what I'm saying? So it'll have 25% faster graphics. Same chip. Oh, that's fair. So I'm saying, so they can still, if you're you're a regular non-Pro buyer, you'll, you'll get last year's Pro chip. And then each year the regular will just get the previous year's pro chip, if that makes sense. Yeah, could be. So it won't be the exact same, is my guess. They could name it something different, but as it stands, the hardware is literally, you know, the A16 chip, and the regular models are getting what is currently the A15 chip. John, for the SOS, satellite calls are not cheap. How is Apple going to implement it? Is there going to be a billing thing for that? I have no idea. Like, you get a few free... you, You get a few free... For every, like when you buy a new phone and then if you go over, they charge you like that can't be a free thing. I yeah, would imagine. I have no idea how that's going to work. Ideally, you wouldn't have to pay for it, but it is it is an Apple thing. But for them to integrate it in software, though, and have have SOS be already displaying in beta stuff. And for this to be like a new feature, you would hope that people don't have to pay for it. And I mean, the prices for the phones are already, especially those pro models are 15 percent up from last year. Interesting. And the question that matters most, more than processors, more than satellite connectivity, what colors are coming? What new colors can we expect for the iPhone 14 line? Purple. For both sides? What's our pro? Oh, that's the pro color, though. What is the special pro color? Is it also purple? Purple. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be purple and green with the regular models, but those are the more saturated colors. The I don't know if you've seen our renders for the purple pro, but that it, it's like a lighter pastel purple 
And I believe the Pro is also going to be coming in green, but I could be wrong. Is it like this purple? Yeah, I'd say closer to a lavender. I'm holding up the Bora purple. Yeah. I'm holding up Samsung's latest. Think Sierra blue, but like someone just hue shifted it a a little bit. Mm, Okay. Okay. I'm a fan of Sierra blue. One thing that John did not say, which I think he just overlooked, always on display. Oh, yeah. On, on the pro models. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the pro models. John said they should be ashamed of themselves. So it's finally coming. They should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> but it's here now. Oh, it's here now. Only on the pro models, because the pro models will have the displays that can, they'll have variable refresh down to one hertz. Down to one hertz, right, which is the S22 Ultra technology. When you think always on display, especially when you like when we say that and you think of an Android device, it's not that. Mm, so so tell us about it. So it's more like the Apple Watch. So the the wallpaper will still be displayed. Like if you have an Apple Watch on right now that has an always on display, when the always on display is active, that's effectively what you're getting with the iPhone. So everything will just slow down to one hertz. The wallpaper dims. It's not completely black. Like on a lot of other always on displays. But you still get color like the Apple Watch does? Yeah. Yes. Because mm. in the betas, it looks like everything shifts to like a weird green. And I was kind of worried about that. There'll still be color. Everything will just be really dim. And then obviously you have your active widgets and in the clock and stuff. And that stuff will still be there. Okay. Lightning port. Just had a had Light- Yeah. Lightning <laughs> port. Yeah. Had just uh, USB-C next year, though. So Next year. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. All right. So, listen, I'm asking about Apple Watch because really I just want to ask the one question that I want to ask. Will you ever see a ceramic Apple Watch again? Like the white ceramic? Uh, oh, I would love to. I love to. that. Yeah, I, I love, love wearing love, that. I would love to see ceramic. John's the only other person I ever saw in the real world rocking that. Him and I would always say, hey, we got, we got our ceramic on. Right. Like, that's why uh-huh. we have this podcast, actually, because yeah. of those ceramic watches. <laughs> the podcast is just here until the ceramic watches come back. That's, that's what this whole thing has been about. <laughs> right. Then we, can, then we can end it. So... <laughs> So, but but we're getting Apple Watch Pro. Mr. Ceramic is what they called him in high school. <laughs> yeah. So that so so that's a no for Series Eight, Series Eight Pro. No, no ceramic. Uh, but yeah. titanium. Yeah, the, uh, the Series Eight Pro will be like a higher quality titanium, though. So there's that. Okay. So what sets? First of all, a thousand dollars for a smartphone when the iPhone 10 was released seemed crazy. But a watch, the Apple Watch is much less capable of a device than the iPhone 10 was even five years ago versus now. What do we know about what, aside from a larger, slightly larger display and better battery, larger. what makes an Apple Watch Pro worth, let's just say the rubber $999 as opposed to, aren't they usually like $399? To start for the exact same experience? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, okay, so I spent close to $1,000 for my watch, and it is literally the ex- – in this case, it's not the Pro. The Series 7 that I bought is just stainless steel. It is no different than the 399 model. It's exactly the same, just higher quality materials. With the Pro, you're getting a 5% larger screen. It's also made of higher-grade titanium, so I don't know – high tanium i don't know what you would call it (laughs) but so it's supposed to be rugged and sportsy and that's kind of it and for that market if i'm willing to spend almost a thousand dollars just for a different material apple watch i'm sure people will spend 900 or a thousand dollars for an apple watch pro and i'm sure it'll do a little bit more we'll just have to see what that is but we're getting four new apple watches at this event four so run through it so we're getting the pro yes that's one. The regular. One size of the Pro? Yeah. Okay. Are the sizes of the regulars changing for Series 8? The same millimeters no, that the we same. had for 7? Okay, and then a new SE? Yeah. I mean, that's not nothing. What will the SE be based on? Series 6? Yeah, it's probably going to look the same. No, it got to go Series 7. Come on. Don't, don't go Series 6. What, the SE? Yeah, listen. You don't want to ever get into another... Okay. Never has this happened before, okay? Apple they, you, you know they're still selling the Apple Watch Series 3, right? right? That's the point I'm okay, about to yeah. make. Apple has never in the past ever been actively selling a device in the store that will not support the next update. And that's what they're doing right now. And it's going to be discontinued next week or the right. week after. Whenever so they're September selling a product happens. you can buy today that will not support OS 9. Yeah, that's gross. I don't like that at all. It's weird. So you don't want to get into that predicament again. I... 
Also want to ask, John, so last year at the Series 7, you had renders of a, a flat-edged Apple Watch. I think collectively, the internet went wild over it. I mean, it looked like a perfect... If they weren't going to go round, it looked like the perfect design. You actually liked that design? I loved that design. I didn't like I it. Was, oh, wow. I was hyped for that design. Huh. Mm. Yeah, that w- that's one of the strangest things that has happened, not just to me, but since I've been reporting on this stuff, that... Both myself, Kuoming Chi, and Mark Gurman all say this watch is happening, and then we're all expecting it for the event, and then they announce, not that. Don't say that Mark said that. Nobody. Am I not allowed to say that? Don't say that. He, he doesn't like to admit that he said that. Mark Gurman's evil twin. <laughs> Listen, I didn't bring that up to be like, oh, you were incorrect. Nobody bats uh-huh. a thousand, especially when there's different developments of different prototypes. You never know what's going to make it to production. Exactly. I would love to see it. I didn't like the design. See, I, I loved it. When are we going to see that? I don't Wait, know. When, when are we getting a redesign of the Apple Watch? Series 7 was technically a redesign. Technically, we just had one, yeah. Te- technically. In like yeah. Soft, the softest of all senses. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen the newer account, Shrimp Apple Pro. He's been pretty good with leaks lately. Yes. He tweeted, and he's the only one last year that said that the Series 7 was still going to be roundish. He tweeted that his source had seen a flat display for the Series 8. Which would imply flat edges for the Series 8, but he has since performed that statement, saying that the Series 8 is still going to look like Series 7. So who knows, maybe Series 9, the Apple Watch Pro is still going to be, it's effectively the same design. That's not going to be flat either. Maybe the SE. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Waiting for it. Any any surprises? Any one more thing? Are we going to see them drive the Apple car out on stage? There's a, <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance we'll see AirPods Pro. But other than that, I'm not sure, because the star of the show here is obviously iPhone and Apple Watch, especially the iPhone. That's the biggest product of the year that, they, that they're going to drop. And the more products you announce, the thinner the attention for each product gets in the press. And we're also having another event in October for Macs and iPads. So I would say for this event, I just expect iPhone, Apple Watch, maybe some AirPods Pro. And then that AR VR headset, it's getting, that's getting its own dedicated event in January. So the first event in January in like 11 years. Since the iPhone. Yeah. Well, not 11 years, but I'm saying the first to get its own event for this product. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Apple Watch didn't get that. The iPad didn't get that. Well, it's a new product in a new product category, and it's going to take them a lot of time to explain VR. I mean, we were just trying to talk about VR, like, and how right. the regular consumer is going to, like, adapt with it. And it's going to take them going on stage and really explaining what it is, but more importantly, why Apple's doing it and why you should buy it. Right. I'm crossing my fingers for a 25-minute demonstration from a developer that makes a game nobody's heard of. Is really how I think they're going to drive <laughs> drive that drive, drive that point home. Please no, please no. Let's go back to AirPods Pro for a minute. AirPods Pro okay. two, second generation, whatever. Yep. What will make people care aside from the fact that they're new AirPods? What is the tangible differences that improve the experience from the first gen to the second gen? There's there's nothing that's going to be with AirPods Pro. I mean. I think all of us will upgrade because we love AirPods. I, uh, AirPods are some of my favorite Apple products ever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But why? Why use AirPods Pro 2 versus 1? Well, that's what I'm saying. For us, we'll buy them because they're new. But for the average person, I can't tell you that it's going to be a significant upgrade for you. It's just going to be the new thing for people that are buying AirPods Pro just now. It's like they'll get the newer upgraded product. It's going to have the H2 chip in it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll have the new chip. Oh, finally an H2. Also, Bluetooth 5.2 support. So potentially lossless, which is great for if you there are some people that will buy the new one just for lossless. Well, I thought Bluetooth couldn't support lossless even with 5.2. Yeah, but uh, Wi-Fi does. Is Apple doing something weird with the H2? Wi-Fi. Yeah, why? Not yeah. Air, it's going to be AirPlay. Ooh, AirPlay from if you can AirPlay from your phone to your headphone, that would be interesting. I tried to hint that like a year or so ago when they announced lossless, everyone's like, well, we can't use it on our AirPods. And I was like, eh, well, just wait, wait. wait, yeah, wait for it. Mm, interesting. So that might be a reason to upgrade for people like us or for audiophiles, maybe if audiophiles are using AirPods. But for the most part, it's just going to replace the older version. Oh, USB-C. That's another reason. The case is going to have USB-C. 
Oh, that's yes. worth it. That, 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 yeah. that, that alone no. uh, worth it. Yeah, the design is going to be exactly the same, though. There has to be something new to the listening experience, though. There has to be something because Colossus isn't it. That's it. Like, there's not going to be like a tent pole feature that everybody understands, like, hey, now they can check your heartbeat or like whatever, like something. Would you say that there was a significant reason to upgrade from AirPods 1 to AirPods 2 back in the day? I don't remember because that was a long time ago. But that's what this is. AirPods 2 to 3 was they added like quite a few things from the Pro over to the 3. So I would think because now it feels like the 3 and the Pro are so close to each other that there needs uh-huh. to be more of a separation again. And I don't know what that is. Yeah. Well, the original plan was the AirPods Pro 2 were going to have no stems. So there was a redesign. Plus, they were going to have health tracking features. Right. They don't have the health tracking features now. And it's the same design. So, well, that's <laughs> so, great. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Maybe better spatial audio. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Disappointing. Listen, I would still love to have them. All they need to do for me, I have no complaints about AirPods Pro. I love them. I just wish they sounded better. They sound okay for what they are. I use them because they're like magic. The convenience is crazy. Right. I just need them to sound better. That's all I want. I'm with you with that. But wait till Apple gets on stage, does the little marketing magic, tries to sell you on why that sound improvement matters so much. You're like, I get it. I never experienced audio until I heard lossless audio through my AirPods. <laughs> yeah. That would be weird because they spent so much time. They <laughs> spent so much time talking about why <laughs> why lossless doesn't matter. Remember that? Like when they were releasing lossless in the same announcement, yes. they were really like, it doesn't really matter though, but we have the spatial thing that sets us apart. But if you want lossless, here you go. Uh-huh. So if they change their tune now, it'd be so weird. They're gonna be like, We did we didn't get it right. We've got it right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and we've got and we've got it on AirPods Pro. There you go. Adaptive EQ two yeah. is here. <laughs> so back to the iPhone for a minute, the, the larger one, because we kind of breezed past so that. The larger regular one? The larger regular one. Okay. I'm hoping that we start to see that in other products. Because basically, if you wanted, and I also hope the mini continues on in the future as the next SE, maybe the SE4. I'm hoping that the current SE is the last home button device. Well, you want something that's small for people who want small, but you also want it to be not that expensive. So I'm, I'm just I'm just saying, I'm just throwing a hope out there the se4 from what i understand uh, and i don't think i've said this publicly but is just the iphone 10r oh well that's yeah hmm. that goes back to john's video nice way to bring it all back around watch john's video so the the large non-pro so for the first time if you in the in the past if you wanted a larger iphone you had to spend the most amount of money even if you just wanted the screen it didn't care about the pro features so now you'll be able to buy a large iphone without needing to pay for the pro tax if you will we all agree this is going to sell like crazy right i'm sure it will this thing's going to be like 900 bucks that's going to be great there's a similar situation with computers if you want a 16 inch basically a larger than 13 inch computer from apple you have to get the $27.99 starting price MacBook Pro. I'm hoping that the MacBook Air soon comes in a 15-inch model so that if you want a larger screened Apple laptop, you don't have to start at $27.99. Have we, uh, this seemed to be in the rumor mill that a while exist, ago. That does exist, yeah. That is still happening. Yeah. We're going to see a 15-inch MacBook Air. At some point. Yeah. Or just a MacBook. I don't, uh, we don't oh, really know called. what it's called. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it's called, just give people the option of getting a larger device without having to pay for uh-huh. things that they don't necessarily need. Which before, that was like, just to realize where we are right now, that statement you made w- would have been crazy just a few years ago. But now that is something they're doing where they're, they're just making stuff for everybody. And that's kind of awesome. I agree. I agree. That is awesome. Is this a, is this a result of Johnny finally getting out of there? Listen, all I'm saying, I respect Johnny Ive a lot. He's done oh, a lot sure. of good. But I just want to say, if you look at the, mass, <laughs> the last MacBook Pro, just look at the ports when Johnny <laughs> Ive was here, and now look at the new one, that's, mm-hmm. that's all the evidence you need. I really respect Johnny. I think that he did a lot of good, especially early on for that company. I think that we needed a pivot and we needed we needed a little bit more for a little bit less and Johnny was not going to give that to us. 
Stupid Johnny. <laughs> Stupid guy. Also, I'll never forgive him for what happened with iOS 7. <laughs> Why would you let the hardware design guy take over software stuff? That's a fair point. Any last, any, any services or anything? Oh, I'm sure. Just none that I know of right now. Okay. iMessage for Android coming on stage. Did we, hear, we heard it here first. I know. Mm. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Foldable yeah. at it again. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys saw Elon Musk today was tweeting out some announcement with the CEO of T-Mobile in regards to Starlink. And I think Starlink oh, being able to it? use, I don't know what it's going to be. Starlink being able to use maybe some of T-Mobile's spectrum for satellite. Could that be connected anything to the anything connected peripherally to the iPhone? Obviously, if Apple is going to do satellite connectivity, they need satellites in the sky. As far as we know, Apple does not have their own satellites. Yeah, I'm sure we would have heard about it by now. Yeah, a handful of companies that do. I mean, is Starlink the mysterious partner that's going to enable this? Oh, God. Could you imagine? I feel like Apple and Elon don't get along. They don't mesh well, no. That would be cool. I mean, first of all, can, I get, can we get CarPlay to Tesla? I mean, Apple and Samsung don't generally mesh well, but they've been buying panels from Samsung for years. That is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It feel, if Elon feels like a different beast. <laughs> he does. He really does. I mean, but if, to do satellite connectivity, there's nobody, as far as I know, there's military satellites that enable the military communications with satellite. And I believe there's two other companies that do consumer satellite calls, but Unless Tim Cook's been shooting them off from his backyard. Yeah, I, got, I don't know who's going to do that. Maybe they, they bought space on satellites that already exist. I think that's how it works. You get you sort of license it out. But on the scope and scale of, of iPhone <laughs> I thought, users. I thought you were saying like maybe they bought space, like they purchased no. it. They could have. <laughs> they, have, they, they, have, they, have enough, they have enough in their war chest. <laughs> now everyone pays rent for space. I don't know. I think it's interesting to see how that gets implemented and who those partners end up being behind behind the scenes. Uh huh. I I know that a lot of people like now that these invites are out. When you look at them and they have, they're very spacey. A lot of people are saying again, don't look too far into these invites. They usually don't mean anything. That is not true. People say that every time an invite comes out, and the tagline and the the look of the invite always ties into it somehow. Always ties into the event. Sometimes, not all the time. Most of the time, even if it's just like the background just matches the wallpaper of the iPhone or something. Let me let me tell you something. I'm less interested in like. Satellite connectivity would not, that's like a, in case of emergency feature. Same, same. I'm hoping that this is more like, hey, we're now doing really cool astrophotography like you can do on a pixel. That's what I was thinking when I first saw it. Like we're a big camera upgrade. That could be true too. It's a big camera upgrade. Let's go. Like don't, don't tie this to something that I'll probably never use ever. Yeah. A lot of people like, I, I totally agree with you. Like, you know, on Genius Bar, Sam is always talking about how this is a game changer. And for some people, yeah, but for most people, okay, it just exists now. That's just a feature <laughs> right. that exists. Can I disagree for a minute there? Yeah. H- have you seen Apple's ads for the Apple Watch? Essentially selling you on fear of your like, fear in the woods. Uh, Life-saving stuff? Yeah, yeah you're but in that, the woods and you fall. But that's not an everybody thing. But everybody can get scared. If Apple markets this right. That's true. You can get but everybody like, can get scared. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, if, if, Apple, if Apple markets it, I mean, I think markets it right. And they certainly have a pretty good job with the marketing department. It could be a thing people think that they want, even if nobody really needs it. Everybody can get scared. Mr. Foldable 2022. On the next invite, they have like a, a fallen ladder and an ambulance and then an Apple logo. And it's like, what, yeah. what does this mean? It means you can, yeah. you can have the fall protection on your watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, I got I got to ask you. So we're right now, let's say the end of 2022. Let's fast forward three years and we're at the end of 2025. That's a long time. But go ahead. What are we going to see out from Apple that we don't have right now? Obviously, model numbers have changed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Apple car. Is it, a, is it a physical car? Yes. I don't think it'll be regulated for road use until 2027. But I think we will we will know a lot about the Apple Car, if not at least an, an early announcement by 2025. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's huge. Are we gonna have the AR headset by yes. 2025? AR glasses. Yeah. And to be clear for listeners, so the first headset we were talking about earlier, that is the VR headset that you kind of look inside of and you can't see anything. You're inside of a, a space, and the the AR glasses you see through them. And things are placed on top of the world. Yeah. They look more like glasses and Apple will make more than two million of those. Those will be for I th- that. I think that's an easier concept for everyone to understand. 
Mm. But it's not a cheaper product than the, than the headset. Is there anything else new, new product, new categories? Aside from, you know, we'll see the iPhone with 17 at that point. You know, will foldables, foldables be out? Oh, any, anything else? By 2025, if they follow through with this foldable project, that will have come out in 2024, the year before. So I guess that counts. The Apple Car is a new product category. The We'll have two iterations of the AR headset by then, the VR headset plus the AR glasses. So we'll be diving way more into AR VR by then. Other than that, though, I can't think of any new. I mean, that's that's a lot of new product categories by 2025. Yeah, so. those are big ones. I have a question for both of you. In 2025, at the end of 2025, does Apple have a new CEO or the same CEO? Oh, I think Tim's still there by 2025. I think so, too. Yeah. I think that's towards the end, but I think he's still there. Yeah. Ranger. Ranger, where you at? I mean, I, who knows? I think probably. But who's who's next in the secession line? We don't know. Is it Federici? I mean, Federici doesn't seem like he's that much younger. No, it won't be Craig. I thought it was one of the women. I forget her name now. I would love for it to be Craig, but. I don't think Craig wants not. that job either. No, he, he wants to have fun. <laughs> yep. Tim Cook doesn't have any fun. <laughs> hey, John Prosser. Thank you for joining us this week. Hey, Andrew this is Edwards. Exciting. We appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Right. Two this weeks is away. What, like my third or fourth time on the show? It feels like the first time. I think time. it's the fourth. Right. It, feels it like always the first feels like the first time, time with you. Which we appreciate <laughs> you it. You would say that, Mr. Foldable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making the time to uh, grace the world with your presence here on this show for canceling Genius Bar this week so that we get the exclusive John Prosser experience here. But yeah, let people know where they can find you. You need to you need to be watching John and listening to him if you want more of this knowledge. Foresight. Frontpagetech.com, frontpagetech, anywhere on the internet, and Genius Bar is the podcast. Genius Bar with our friend Sam. With our friend Sam, yeah. Great guy. Great guy. You like me more though, right? Oh, of course, as always. Okay. I, th- I think we, we made that clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to record Sorry, this clip and send it to him just so he sees it. I just we'll, want him to we'll, we'll make one for him, too, so he has an equal. Uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> John, thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at YouTube.com slash Gear Live. And John is at YouTube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app if you haven't done so already. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one. In Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at gearlive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.